we are all seeking ways to be healthier human beings, to be able to live up to our potential, to have loving, sustainable relationships, and to find deeper purpose in our lives. Sometimes the secret to achieving such fulfillment is right in front of us and of the simplest possible way. As we approach Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving carries one of these messages to us, providing us with a tool, the tool of gratitude. So please join me as we discuss the power of gratitude in an ungrateful world. Hi everyone, this is Simon Jacobson. We're here, we will be speaking about the power of gratitude in an ungrateful world. This uh, program is dedicated in loving memory of Basia Bas Moshe upon her yard site on the 19th of Kislev, year 5741. We're entering into the holiday of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is, of course, marked Thanksgiving sales, Black Friday, the beginning of the holiday season. It has all kinds of uh, symbolism. For many, it's visiting family and home. For many, it's dreading visiting family and home. So it can also conjure up all kinds of uh, emotionals, emotions and emotional experiences from our childhoods for the good and sometimes not so for the good. But the very name and the, origin, the origins of this holiday carry in it one of the most powerful tools, instruments, secrets for living a most fulfilling life. Every one of us is always looking to be healthier, to build loving and sustainable relationships, to live up to our potential, and just in general, to live a life that is not haunted by demons and fears and insecurities. In the power of gratitude, we can learn how, in a very simple way, but it needs conscientious focus, we can actually transform our lives. Transform, I, I use that word deliberately. But before we get into the gratitude, we have to understand what is the opposite of gratitude. We live in a world where many people would say is a very hostile world. I was just speaking to someone the other day, and he tells me this life is unbearable, full of pain, loss. He's had difficulties with relationship, relationships, recently lost a parent. He sees the world in a very, very dark way. You can speak to someone else, and they'll share with you it's a loving world. I have beautiful relationships. I have family. I have children. I have parents. So obviously it's a matter of perspective and, and, and experience. But is this a dark world, a hostile world, an ungrateful world, or is it a giving world? And we have mixed signals. There are experiences one way and there are experiences the other way. Just like asking the question, a more 
let's talk about a more personal psychological level, is a human being fundamentally selfish or are we fundamentally giving, selfless? Now, those of you that have heard me speak and teach know that I come from a school of thought that we have two voices within us. We have two souls. Literally, two souls. One is the selfish one. When I say selfish, means it's about survival, taking care of yourself. And there is another soul, another, you can say, dimension in our psyche that is noble, that is majestic, that loves and gives more than it takes. And they are in battle. They're in perpetual battle, these two forces. And essentially, every moment of our lives, we're going to be dealing with that struggle. Who will prevail? Now, most of us, we do is we mix. Sometimes we combine. Sometimes we lean toward one direction, sometimes toward another. The very same person, you can be walking down the street and you see a homeless person and you say, how disgusting. Get them off the streets. What are they doing here? Polluting our entire environment. And the next day you may throw them a coin and say, and say a nice kind word. Sometimes it's based on our moods. Circumstances. Some people blame circumstances, but at the same time, you can see someone growing up in privilege, with wealth, with all the blessings, and be an obnoxious person. You see someone growing up in poverty and being the most beautiful person, and vice versa. Someone can grow up in poverty and also be a very, just really a very negative, angry person, bitter person. Another person can be born in wealth and appreciates, humbly appreciates their blessings. So we have a thing called choice, real choice. But as far as objectively speaking, we have both elements in this world. We've seen the greatest acts of nobility in history, how people gave their lives for another. It brings us to tears when we hear about the unsung heroes, or sometimes the sung heroes, but mostly unsung, how they gave up their own comforts, compromised themselves to help another. And then we hear horrible stories, horror stories, how people have hurt each other just for themselves, and sometimes hurt themselves as well. <clears throat> so the way the Kabbalists, the mystics put it, is this. Essentially, because the divine energy is really good energy, everything really at the heart and soul is good at the core. But that same divine cosmic architect created a world where that goodness can be concealed and is concealed. And there are very strong words used. It's a world filled with cruelty. It's a world filled with hostility, with selfishness. Dog eats dog. I mean, just let's talk the language of contemporary language. Survival of the fittest. So this has been already extended by some into what we call social Darwinism. Yes, the, the driving force of a human, of, I mean, not just a human being, every species is self-preservation, perpetuation of the species, period. However, part of that is need, it requires having family, coexistence, but it's all part of, as Richard Dawkins puts it, the selfish gene. And this has spilled over into real psychological attitudes. Freudian id. Me. Me, me, me. The pleasure principle. It's about my essential pleasure. And a good case is made for it. Most of the people who made the case project from their own experiences. They know how they are. 
You know, how you see yourself is how you see everyone. That fundamentally humans are selfish entities. Selfish doesn't necessarily mean cruel and destructive. Because you could also be selfish, and in the name of selfishness, you can be very giving. But essentially, it's me. And we have an ego and a superego, and we have different superimposed rules that we create. Red lights, green lights, to be able to coexist. And that's also good for the species. But then there's a fundamentally different approach about the world and life. And that is, as I said, at the core that there's a goodness. I say it's not even a different approach. It's both are true. If you look on the surface level, it can be a very dark world. As I said, the cruel dominate, filled with negativity, hostility. Definitely the potential. Look how people can hurt each other. Look how parents can hurt children. Look how siblings can hurt each other. Abuse. Violation. Of the worst sort, or even more subtle sort. This is common. This exists. How people become destructive. How different addictions can destroy your own psyche and spirit as well as others around you. I don't want to go through every nightmare scenario, but just look around. How much therapy, medication, to try to numb the pain, to try to relieve. Often, not necessarily in good ways, temporary relief. But this is part of the human condition. Anyone that will say, Everything is just beautiful and there's no negativity. It's just not realistic. But is that the core of the essence? The answer is no, it's not. And this is fundamental. Because if you grow up in a world, an ungrateful world, a world that, yeah, they may, someone may say thank you because it's in their interests, but fundamentally ungrateful. You see people, when, you, when they need you, they're there for you. As soon as they don't need you, the worst, it's worse than ungrateful. When you see that, and you've been exposed to it time and again, at some point it becomes second nature. That's what you begin to expect. Just to use one strong example, I remember right here someone coming to me for advice. Very, she was having strong, a lot of difficulties in relationships. And we were sitting, exactly, I was sitting here, she was sitting here. And as we were reviewing, you, know, you go through the usual suspects, Yes, a broken home, a very abusive home, which immediately tells you that trust was breached and therefore it's difficult to look to trust again. You have your armor, the defenses, and we reviewed it. She acknowledged it. Then, I don't know, I just was, I, I put my hand, I picked up my hand like that or something, and this woman flinched. She's like, Shh. and I couldn't re- figure out why. She asked her, what, what, is something the matter? She said, yes, I thought you were going to strike me. Strike you? Any indicators that I would do that? But it became very clear, her reflexive reaction was due to, in her life, that's what happens many times. The people that were close to her, people who would speak to her, could hurt her. So you develop as a child a defense mechanism. It's just one example among many. We have so many of such. It's like after a while... You've been burned enough times, you react. You preempt, you prevent, you try to protect yourself. Now, there are times you need to protect yourself. There are times it's just a reflexive action that is not based on anything. How many of such embedded messages are in our own, the macros, as they say, the triggers that affect our lives? 
is going to be dependent on what happened in your life. So it's not surprising that many of us see the world in a very dark way and see the selfishness, especially when we were exposed to it, especially in our formative years. That's why it's critical and vital to realize that there's another dimension. That's why it's so important to study, embrace, and emote with the part of you at the core that is not defined by all that negativity. A newborn child doesn't have any of these preconceived notions. The child, as you see, explores the world in the hope and the belief that everything is good, until unfortunately a child learns otherwise. That's why it's so sad to see that shift from the child's naivete coming into a world and suddenly realize it's a darker world. Now some people say that's being realistic. It's realistic to know it exists, but it's not realistic to think that's your core essence. If you lose sight of that, what hope is there? How many people have told me, Rabbi Jacobson, I don't expect much. I just want to get through a day unscathed. In other words, we lower our expectations, we lower the bar, just to come away damage control, minimize the damage. In other words, cutting off all the hope, all the optimism, looking forward to a brighter reality. The only way to do that is to hold on to values, to study them, to act on them, to speak about it, to feel it. And then that becomes an alternative reality. I would say the true reality. And then you look at the darkness and the hostility and the unforgiving nature of this world as an anomaly, as an aberration, I should say. An aberration of a real, natural, beautiful spirit within. So it's not being naive, it's recognizing both truths. The outer, and that's why the Kabbalists put it, these are the outer concealment, the shell, the husks, the klippa. What is a klippa? A klippa is like a potato peel, an orange peel, an eggshell. It protects the fruit within, or the vegetable within. But imagine the, the, the shell, the husk, becomes primary, and that which is within is concealed, or completely ignored, would be quite a topsy-turvy world, inside out. The glove is more important than the hand. The peel is more important than that which is within. So the mystics explain that's the world in which we live. The material world is the outer husk, the outer shell. But beneath it lie layers and layers, not just of microscopic subatomic energy, but also spiritual energy. And the same is with you. So no matter what happens on the surface, and it can be sometimes very cruel, beneath the surface, dig deep enough, it's a very grateful reality, a very kind and gentle one. And it's our mission this is the purpose, to be entered into this dark, hostile, unforgiving world and to generate light from this darkest of places and recognize that that old material surface and that deceives us into thinking that I need to protect myself and actually protect ourselves from real predators and others that can harm us is really only a shell. That's the work we need to do. So how do you access it? I mentioned you can study about it, read about it, one of the ways is through acting. 
in the spirit of that inner, kinder place. And the one word is called gratitude. Lately, many studies show how gratitude actually helps your physical, spiritual, psychological, emotional welfare. People who show gratitude, who express gratitude, who remember of those that helped them in the past and they feel that gratitude actually helps your immune system. Yeah, and it's not a surprise. Why? Because gratitude is an act that is accessing that inner force, which is the true you. It's not just saying thank you because it's a nice thing. Someone gives you something. Someone provided you. Someone did you a favor. You say thank you. It actually reflects and expresses your inner resources. So it makes you a healthier person. That is why when you think about Thanksgiving, the roots of it were the pilgrims when they came to this country and they, they offered Thanksgiving, which of course is based completely on the Bible, the Thanksgiving blessings, the Thanksgiving prayers, the Thanksgiving gifts. As the Bible tells us, that when you come into the land, the first gift, say thank you, which is essentially why we make a blessing on food, the prayers on food, that before you indulge, you, you humbly acknowledge that you were given a gift, the gift of life, the gift of health, the gift of sustenance, the gift of family, the gift of love, the gift of meaning. All this accumulates and is expressed when you say a simple thank you. I've often talked about the first prayer in the morning. The first prayer, as soon as you wake up, your fresh new energy, say thank you, gratitude, moda ani. I thank you, I acknowledge you for returning my soul to me. And throughout the prayers, throughout the day, the more one does this, it makes you a healthier person. First of all, is because it's your natural you. Second of all, because it's the mission of your life to go into an ungrateful world, a hostile, dark world, at, at least on the surface, and introduce its core essence. That's what health is all about. You know, in a healthy, seamless world, we wouldn't have any abuse, we would have no violations, we would have no hurt, no injustice. We want to recreate that. But in a world like ours, we do have all those negativity, negativity. So not all is lost. Nothing is lost. It's a matter of going digging deeper and finding those forces and bringing them to the surface. So when you say thank you, you're actually unleashing a ripple effect through all of the cosmos and through all of existence, the spiritual and physical, including ourselves and our communities, of introducing its core essence, essential nature of existence. Imagine one thank you. That's what it does. We don't always appreciate it. Again, we see it as common courtesy. And it is common courtesy. But it's far deeper than that. It's actually realigning existence, beginning with your own. And then to attitude, think about it. You're saying, you did something for me. You did me a favor. You helped me. No, I'm not. It's not just me, me, me. I, I'm a sense of entitlement. I deserve it all. No. I humbly acknowledge. And so it's a different mindset. A person who says, all of existence orbits around me, egocentric life, 
So you do me a favor, yeah, I'll say thank you because it's, courtesy, it's courtesy or because it serves my interest. You'll do another favor for me or it makes me look better. But however, if you see a thank you, a gratitude as being realigning yourself and existence to its core nature, it's far deeper than that. It's stating life is not all about me. I am an integral component and I am necessary and I am indispensable. But life is about something greater than I am. And I'm gifted and honored to be part of that higher reality. And then the thank you is not just something that's all about you. On the contrary, it's introducing the deeper meaning of existence. And if you think about it, all of nature is saying thank you and offering gratitude all the time. When a bee cross-pollinates and it benefits from the nectar and the flowers in turn benefit from that cross-pollination, they're saying thank you to each other. It's like a handshake. Photosynthesis. Every process in nature is that give and take. I'll take it a step further. Even predator and prey. So yes, it's quite bloody. And no one likes to see prey being attacked and killed and consumed by a predator. But the fact remains that the balance of the world is dependent on that. Because the rule in nature is that every creature or every species that multiplies most is the one that's consumed most. There's far more plants and vegetables in this world and grass than there are animals. And there are far less predators than there are prey. I remember reading in the Yellowstone so they had eliminated the fox, the, 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 the wolves at a certain point, and they had a, it was, it was almost destroyed the entire park because the prey, the usual prey, whether it was deer or elk, began to multiply to such numbers, they were destroying all the crops, and the imbalance was there. So of course nobody likes to see a prey being attacked by a, 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 an elk being attacked by a wolf. But when they reintroduced the wolves, the balance was returned. The same thing in the sea, in the oceans. It's fascinating, the balance, the give and take of the ecosystems. And everything is in that way, that everyone is saying thank you. Everyone benefits and everyone gives and everyone receives something. It's the very nature of how we breathe oxygen and how we eliminate carbon carbon dioxide. And the same thing with everything in nature when you look at the natural processes. It gets disturbed when human beings suddenly intervene and they do things that are unnatural and they imbalance and misalign existence. So gratitude is one of the tools that realigns our very beings, who you are, with what you do. It's only the beginning. Obviously, it spills over into our entire lives. Real love, real giving is all about gratitude. I would say the other way around as well. Gratitude reaches new dimensions when you love. It's not just saying thank you. It's committing your life to another person. And that makes you a greater person, not a lesser person. So as we enter the holiday of Thanksgiving, something to ponder upon. Beyond all the commercialization and other elements of it, about the very nature of our existence.
and it's so easy to implement. It just requires a little thought. Don't take your life for granted. Don't let yourself have a sense of entitlement. Something happens, even a small gesture, someone opens the door for you. Thank you. And again, not just by rote and mechanically, but actually coming of recognizing that that's what life is truly about. A harmony within the diversity. And when you do it, you tell me how it makes you feel. It changes your attitude. It introduces humility. And also introduces just a more balanced approach to life. I see so many people so tied up, so locked in their own selves, and they become their own worst enemy. And if they're able to only just breathe, acknowledge another, not see everyone as if stepping on them, and it could be for good reason, that's what happened in their lives. Not just about you. Yes, it's all right. You're standing in a line, someone cuts you off. Okay, you know what? I'm not saying it's right, but people sometimes get so caught up in it, on fire. It's important to have that balance, be able to smile, show kindness, show generosity. And in that spirit, generosity is shown to us. That's how it works. I'll conclude with a beautiful little anecdote I read recently. So a farm boy who always lived on a farm and never saw the big city, and never saw mirrors for that matter, comes the first time into a, invited to a, to a, uh, to a house. Comes into the house. House has, you know, every house has a few mirrors. He looks into the mirror, and he's shocked. The child, looking back to him in the mirror, is smirking. He's making faces at him. So he runs to the host and says, there's a little boy there. Making, making, bad, bad, you know, making uh, dirty faces to me. So the host says to him, if you smile to him, he'll smile back. That, my friends, is life. You project. Show gratitude. Show kindness. Allow that spirit of giving to emerge and you will, you will receive exactly what you give and maybe even more so. That's how it works. It's a cycle. And with that, I want to bid everyone a very happy Thanksgiving, a happy holiday season, one of giving, one of love, gratitude, bringing that light into this often dark world and knowing that you're making a difference, a ripple butterfly effect that changes existence forever. This has been Simon Jacobson, MeaningfulLife.com. Please join me every Wednesday to do this program. It's then archived, as well as many, many other programs that you can check out at MeaningfulLife.com. I'd love to hear your feedback, your thoughts, your suggestions, your comments. And if you found this valuable, please share with others. It's about sharing. That is also a form of gratitude. And with that, I'd like to also make an announcement that we're going to next Monday be doing our end-of-year Hanukkah fundraising campaign, a crowdfunding campaign. If you go to giftofmeaning.com, you can already participate. And I ask you to be generous in supporting our work to continue creating such programs that empower and elicit and elevate and bring forth 
the most beautiful angels within us. So giftofmeaning.com. Thank you so much and be blessed. This program is brought to you by the Meaningful Life Center. Please help us continue our programs. Make even a small contribution at MeaningfulLife.com slash donate.